Well, it was a pretty wild ride in the grain market this week, with Russia claiming the safe shipping corridor was over and then retracting that. That caused wheat to spike wildly up and down over a 48-hour period. It was just incredible. The Fed hiked interest rates another three-quarters of a point. That caused the strength of the dollar to spike as well, and an obvious market reaction. All kinds of reasons this week to just throw your hands up and go out and hop into a combine or a grain truck and just forget about the market for a while. Coley and Kavanaugh here to unwind it all for us. Uh, we got two rounds with the boys today, so round one is coming up straight ahead. But got to tell you that the Farm Bureau has been so busy for the last month, but even before that, making sure that people are getting out to vote. The Allen County Farm Bureau, top to bottom, local to national, whether it's your county Farm Bureau or the national, they have really been hustling to make sure this uh, election is not only well attended, but uh, that people know the issues as well. And that's the kind of support your local Farm Bureau gives you with a membership. All you got to do is go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Let's get going this week. David, the interest rate hike. John, you got just as well go with this one. Either one, throw toss a coin, okay? Interest rate hike and its effect on the strength and weakness of the dollar. John, you've talked a lot about the strength and weakness of the dollar and the impact on grain. So how about this week? That interest rate hike, three quarters of a point. Well, the higher interest rates results in a stronger dollar. And the dollar has gone up after the interest rate hike. And of course, you know, a strong dollar hurts U.S. exports. We've talked about corn exports being down rather sharply, more so than I ever thought we'd see it down. And I'm not sure it's going to bounce back as quickly as I thought it was. And part of it is, of course, a stronger dollar. But that's not all of it, David. What's the rest of it? Yeah, well, let's flip a silver dollar and decide who's going to talk now. Because <laughs> right. Friday, things changed dramatically. It came out, the unemployment numbers hit the sweet spot. Silver goes up $1.37 an ounce. Gold is sharply higher. We're seeing crude oil up over $3 a barrel. What's going on here? The dollar weakened substantially on Friday on that good employment news, and that means that the Fed will probably not be raising interest rates so much in the future because that 75-point increase, that's in the past. In the future, they're going to put the brakes on this interest rate increase. I don't know what's going to happen. And certainly what happened on Friday is very significant because of the jobs number. However, that wasn't exactly a huge shock. And and this, I, I don't think the interest rates uh, should go any higher. My own personal opinion is. But uh, Powell came out and said after raising the interest rates, he strongly indicated more yeah. hikes were coming. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I know more hikes are coming, but they're softening their attitude toward it. They're not going to be raising it 75 points. They're going to raise it 25 points or 10 points or 15. That's my point I want to stress. Yes, they're going to keep in, raising oh, the interest rates. Right. So yes, I don't think they're going to raise it at all. Rates right now from the government are 475 to 5%, okay? I don't think we need to go a lot more than that. Maybe go to five and a quarter, five and a half on the top. But they're just going to nudge it to prove they're still doing it. So <laughs> this won't be such a dramatic effect. Because every time they do that 75-point increase, oh, my goodness, the sky is falling. Chicken littles are all over the place. Yeah. Well, regardless, John, you know, we've talked about how productive it is and, and the uh, amount of money that uh, we're able to get off of an acre these days. It's just been a standard. But still, these interest rate hikes, you know, as we go into next year and all of a sudden these guys are in talking to their banker about getting an operating loan, those interest rates, yeah, that's going to start to bite you in the wallet. Well, yeah, of course it is. However, when you look at the whole picture, you think that's going to slow down production or slow down any farmers with, with the kind of prices we're seeing today? 
you know, if the prices fall out of bed, then you got a problem. They stay up in the neighborhood where they are, and everything suggests they're going to stay in this neighborhood for a while. I don't care what the interest rate is. And frankly, in, in some cases, grain farmers, anyhow, do not need to borrow as much as uh, as they have in the past because they're having uh, uh, such good returns and they've got more cash available. And I've already heard some stories about bankers that they got money to loan and yes. nobody wants it. These ag loan guys are going out to these farmers and talking to them on the farm. Hey, these ag guys are working really hard to market loans right now because, again, these high interest rates are really stalling the farmers' interest. In fact, they have a big budget for these loans and the farmers aren't borrowing a tenth of it. Okay, let's uh, turn to export sales because, you know, we've been talking about the fact that demand is really one of the critical points to continue to watch. An export sales report, the uh, is, now, is the weakness in export sales all on the dollar, or is it more about maybe transportation problems, uh, you know, on the river system with the potential rail strike and all this business? Or is it a combination of a whole bunch of stuff? Yeah, it's a combination of just about everything you can imagine. You know, this really hurts to see these export sales because wheat's only 348. Corn, my goodness, is down by the wheat number, 372. Now, bean number was 830. But China, oh, unknown, okay, canceled 525,000 tons of beans. I mean, they also bought 745, which made it 830. If China hadn't bought it, we would have had a negative number for beans at this point. So you try and hit the nail with your hammer and you hit your thumb. That hurts. (laughs) Well, and to quantify things, foreign export sales are 650 million bushels behind a year ago. The strong dollar is part of it. But the transportation problems that you mentioned, Rob, is also part of it. We're well aware of of the barge problems, the, the low river, and the fact that, that uh, barge moving is uh, is very slow, and so you can't get it to the ports to export it, so that's causing countries to turn to other sources. The other thing is, we talked about China, and this kind of bothers me a little bit because rumors have China is looking for additional foreign purchases out of Brazil for December yeah. and into early 2023. Now, you heard me sit here and say that isn't going to happen, that they'll turn back to the U.S. by then. Well, that's telling me that maybe Brazil has a bigger crop and more to export than what we realized they did. So that's hurting us. And ethanol use is turning down, yeah. which uh, I'm not sure what's going on there. But the September numbers show that corn for ethanol use was 383 million bushels in September. Now, that compares to 431 million bushels the prior month, August, and 407 for the same month a year ago. So corn for ethanol use is down. Tell me why, David. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fact that we aren't driving as much. And who is driving the most right now? Trucks, semi trucks, and they're using diesel fuel, <laughs> not using gasoline. So I think the diesel trucks are pretty much taking the majority of our highway time up. And so people aren't driving as much. You're not seeing as many cars on the highway either. So diesel use is up, gasoline use and ethanol use are down. In fact, there was talk out this week, the EPA is going to open up public comment about going to E15 full time, John. Here we go again. Do that. It's not going to make that much of a difference because you don't have uh, as much E15 available to be used, no matter what the demand is for. It's just not, it's just not, they don't have the pumps to do it. But David, you mentioned this uh, diesel thing and the diesel shortage and much higher diesel fuel prices. And what's the impact upon soybeans from that? There's something about the soybeans that they're making some diesel fuel out of it. What's going on with that? We ever thought you'd make diesel fuel from soybeans, tongue in cheek. <laughs> well, but the bottom line is, is this demand for diesel has spilled over into, of course, increased demand for biodiesel and therefore soybeans. 
The soybean complex at the moment is being supported by demand for soybean oil. I never thought I'd ever see that happen, <laughs> but it has. And it's uh, also uh, the demand for veg oil use is going up. You mentioned China starting to show some interest in veg oil. So soybean oil is leading the bean complex and other oils. Palm oil was at Kuala Lumpur was up 10% this past week. Palm oil prices, not yes. palm oil, were up 10%. All because of this demand for diesel. Kuala Lumpur was really surprised when the soybean oil led all by itself on Thursday and Friday. That was one of the main reasons the beans were up, is all of a sudden, you, our market was the big market for vegetable oil, not palm oil this time. So it looks like we're trying to steal some of the Kuala Lumpur's thunder. Well, you know, every time uh, one of those oils moves, then everything else kind of moves along with it. And that was one of my questions, you know, as I looked at these soybeans ending the week very strong. And kind of wondering, you know, how much of that is domestic demand? To your point, first of all, how tight the supplies are, obviously. But, you know, is it a combination of both, you know, tight supplies, the oil market and Chinese buying? But uh, to the point about Chinese buying, there was such a, an extended period of time when they really weren't active at all. And now they're kind of back in the market. And we continue to hear rumors that they're looking for, you know, like five cargoes, you know, or whatever. And these headlines come out and the market goes a little bit crazy. And then we stand around waiting. Yeah. So when is that going to happen? So what is the latest word on Chinese buying? Oh, the latest word's really a surprise. They're also trying to source soybean oil because the Chinese government is starting to lose, loosen the reins on the economy, trying to make it grow since they've gone through this really, really strong collapse over there economically. And that's driving the demand for, of course, oil, vegetable oil. So that's the talk now. They don't just want soybeans, they want soybean oil. No buttercrust margins are over $3 a <laughs> Right. And just here locally, you know, talking to the guys at LDC at Louis Dreyfus, price that they were paying for soybeans this week went up 40 cents. Kind of a combination of cash price plus basis, but over 40, I think about 45, 48 cents, something like that in just one week. What did I tell you last week? You said that. You that's watch out. That's when this harvest slows down. Of course, bean harvest is, is close to being over because of these uh, this crush margin and how great it is. There's going to be tremendous demand for soybeans. So, you you know, you're going to see that basis get bit up, and that's that's exactly what happened. And, John, to your point, you've always said, you want to know what's going on in the market? Watch basis. That's the end of round one with Coley and Kavanaugh. So back on the other side of the news, we'll uh, get back with the guys again and talk a little bit more about uh, Russia and this whole Ukraine deal and uh, the Brazilian elections, what kind of problems that's going to cause. And then coming up next week, we've got the November USDA WASDE report. So a lot more to talk about with Coley and Kavanaugh coming up right after the news. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And top to bottom, local to national, the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in a couple of things right now. They're getting out the boat effort is fully underway. Now, if you're a member like me, you got a text message or maybe an email from Farm Bureau National President Zippy Duvall reminding all of us how important these midterm elections are. The Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state as well as the national level are ongoing, and your Farm Bureau membership makes all that happen. Support your local Farm Bureau. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.